I think you're yes. ready. Okay. And go. Hi, this is Kathy Knowles from intuitivestrategies.com. You are listening to Jeff Smith from Room Room Beer and enjoy it. Great. See, it's like you're a pro. <laughs> Just like a pro. Just like a pro. You could be a DJ. All right. Yeah, right. I'm going to be I'm going to be gone for a sec, but I'll be right back. No problem. Thanks, Jeff. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Rob Greenlee, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me to be on your show. It's, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a blast. We've already had some fun already. <laughs> I should always record all pre-show chat. It's, yeah, exactly. It's always the, the best part of the show, actually. Correct. And right. then, you know, you didn't record <laughs> it, and then, oh, well, what are you going to do? Okay, so yeah. uh, you've been around uh, podcasting before podcasting existed, so you started in radio way back in 1999, 98, is that what you said? 99, yeah. 99, yeah. wow. Back in the dark ages. <laughs> 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 you know, and... To like me, pre-podcasting. When, yes. when you say like the year two thousand, that doesn't seem like a long time ago, right? Like if you say something like yeah. nineteen eighty, that seems like a really long time ago because I was like yeah, in it sixth does. Well, grade it, or something. it's still seventeen years ago, right? Right. No, I mean, it is. It's totally still, a long wow. time yeah. ago. I mean, I know it's just yeah, it seems like it. <clears throat> yeah, I know. But <laughs> as you get you know um, a little bit young, old instead of old young or whatever we want to say, as you grow older, these these time chunks just seem to go so much faster but anyway i yes. digress <laughs> so 1999 you were doing some sort of uh radio show and then that sort of like morphed into a precursor to what we now know as podcasting right yeah definitely uh i started out just going into a local radio station and do, doing a show uh, about the topic of the internet and the web uh and back in those days, back in 99, 2000, it was a pretty hot topic. Uh, it was, there was a lot of mystique around it and a lot of interest. Um, the internet was something new and something kind of intriguing to a lot of people. Uh, it's, you know, now we kind of take it for granted. It's in every part of our life. And so I started doing, doing my show, um, online. I started making, uh, a recording of my show as an MP3 file available for download off of my website. So, um, and started working with, with precursors to podcasting. There were platforms out there that were making um, podcasting-like experiences, um, you know, on portable devices back then. E even in the mid 2000s, there were like pocket PCs, and they were they were the, the early kind of uh, portable portable devices. It was a little bit. Um, you know, pre-cell phone kind of time frame where there yeah. was data connections. Back in those days, it was mostly analog phone, um, mobile phones back then. Right, right. Um, so it was kind of pre-ubiquitous um, internet connections. Uh, so, so a lot of people were on dial-up connections back then. So they were getting like 56K or 28.8 um, modems. So my show was encoded at a, at a paltry 16K. <laughs> So, so yeah, because they didn't actually, have enough space on their devices. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And then they well, had to what, plug it well, in. It was that. Yeah, I, I mean, it was that. Plus, it was also just the bandwidth they were that they had available. Oh, I didn't right. want to saturate right, their right. twenty-eight eight um, yeah. baud connection. Right. Um, connect. So I was only using half of their bandwidth, not uh, not saturating it with a twenty-eight k. Right. <laughs> um, Whoa, twenty-eight k. So. Wow. <laughs> I know we're screaming at that speed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When I first moved from, uh, let's see here. I have to go back in my time machine. So when I was, I was overseas in England from 2000 to 2003 in the Air Force. And they still had not had uh, broadband there yet. So we had dial-up 
still in England. Mm -hmm. So I was just like chomping at the bit to come to the States to get like always on. I think I signed up for uh, what at the time was the SBC uh, DSL service. DSL, yeah. Yeah, right. And that, you know. Those expensive ISDN lines, you've had had one of those. It was 128K. You you were screaming when you had that one. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was the the end all be all, right? <laughs> oh, wait a minute! You could get like <laughs> a right. a T one if you if you had an unlimited budget, I suppose. Yeah, or or a <laughs> dual fifty six k modem. I don't know if you ever had one, but dual. you know you could have two phone lines, so you would oh, you would have okay. get two phone lines, and right. you would plug in a separate phone line to each of the modems, and they were kind of combined together, and you could get um, up to fifty six k. And speed right. through those. Wow. That was pretty exciting time back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk about a viewer point, right? It was right. like, oh, yeah. everybody else has a single um, modem connection. I have two. Well, I have two. So it was wow. Like, Yikes. Veer, new experiences. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, you know, and I, w- I started listening to podcasts back in the 2004, 2000 time, time frame. And, Uh you know, and that was back when you basically, you still had, if you wanted it on your, any sort of device, you had to, uh, plug in the device with the wire (laughs) to a computer. Right. So, wow, we've really come like full circle now because now nobody, nobody like young kids don't even have computers today. Well, maybe they might. Yeah. Well, they don't need to. Right. They don't really need to, and they have a, a computer they carry in their pocket. So, right. you know, right, it's true. Wow. Yeah. So now, did you obviously that that radio gig that was a job, right? No, actually, it wasn't. I just walked into a radio station, and oh, actually, wow. um, my first show it was actually a purchased airtime is what it was. I I, I paid oh, wow. fifty dollars. You were paying to I, be there. Okay. I paid fifty dollars a week. To oh, be on air, wow! So, so it wasn't. Uh, it didn't break the bank or anything like that, but it got me off the ground. It was a small, a small kind of community radio station, and my thinking was, you know, was my plan was to take it out uh, and make it available on the internet. So I didn't really care if it was a big station. I just wanted access to the recording capability ah, and the right, producer right. and all that kind of stuff so I could actually go in. But I actually did do it live on the air. So I had a time slot on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Uh-huh. I was actually out in Seattle is where I live. So I, I, it was in the Seattle market. And just went in and every Saturday morning. I had uh, three other uh, co-hosts. So it was there was four of us. So it was almost like a format, like a morning show almost. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. And, so you were kind of like so, a nerd Howard Stern a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I was definitely a nerd Howard Stern at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really not, not really very good at doing that. Um, okay. I had no, no radio background, so I just walked into a studio and started, I mean, talking about a veer in my path. Right. I mean, it was definitely not something that I was inclined to do. I, was, I mean, I'm a marketing guy, which means that I was involved in doing a lot of advertising campaigns. And so I was involved in media, but more as a, as a strategist and a, and a buyer of media um, to help companies market, you know, either be television, radio, billboards or whatever. So I was kind of more of a traditional marketer. Right. And so I, you know, speaking of, you know, this concept of hitting down a certain path and then getting pulled pulled into this opportunity, which was at the time, it was the, the World Wide Web and the Internet. Um, right. I saw it as a huge marketing opportunity, and I, I veered very much over towards it, saying this is what the future is going to look like, and I, I better get involved with it uh, if I'm going to have a career in marketing in the future. So right, right. I, that's, that's what I did. I, I jumped in, I started doing consulting work. Um, with um, local companies that had websites uh, to to work with search engines, you know, AltaVista, Yahoo, <clears throat> all of the early early search engines. Then Google popped up, you know, in that relatively in that time frame in the two thousands, and um, and so so started helping companies with their meta tags and their um, web page optimizations, you know, the whole SEO thing, which was, um, big back there, back in even those days, you know, the organic search versus the, the paid sponsored placements on, on, uh, in search engines. So, 
Uh, I was helping companies do that very early. Um, and, and I did this radio show so I could pick up more clients really is the, the reason I did the radio show. Um, and, and cause I didn't get paid to do it. It was something that I you know, had, a you know, I had my wife and two other guys that I was working with at that time, uh, that just went in the station and each of the co-hosts did their own segment on the show. So I, I had them, you know, assigned a certain amount of time in the program that they present the stuff that they had found online the, the, the week prior. So, okay. and then we'd all talk about it. And then I would bring in guests, you know, like I would have guests, you know, would call in from Symantec and Microsoft and, oh, and various, um, various online companies. And, but that, that show kind of morphed over six years into really having, um, national syndication. And I was up on the XM satellite radio network for two wow. years. Holy cow. So I had a lot of o- online distribution, I was getting a, probably a 1.2 to 1.5 million uh, listeners uh, per month with that show. Wow. So it, <laughs> That's pretty huge. It grew into thing. Yeah, I mean, it grew into something pretty huge. And I I built it uh, based on really kind of a, uh, a syndication strategy online. Um, the show was available on all sorts of live streaming platforms. Uh, I had my own uh, Windows Media streaming servers. I had to build my own CDN. You know, kind of, kind of. Uh, I had four of my own web servers. You were your um, own host. That were just servers. Yeah, exactly. I had to, wow. to buy <laughs> physical hardware. I had to buy physical hardware and install it in a co-location facility. In I had two different locations. I had one in Seattle and one in Tacoma. Okay. And so I had to to break up my traffic because i mean it, back in those days having the kind of traffic that i had was expensive right so i wow. couldn't just um, outsource it so that's why i built my own infrastructure and so i had to manage that for for quite a while and that's what kind of led me into the podcasting stuff is and then i started uh helping others um host their shows so i had this server capacity um, that I had built. And so I started helping others and started making money off of hosting other radio shows okay. on, on, on my servers. And, um, and then just over time built that up and helped a lot of people around the country with their o- online shows to get them either podcasting or whatever. Cause back in those early days, there was only really one podcast hosting platform at the time and it was Lipson. Right, right. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Most everybody was either yeah. on their own thing. They were on their own Correct. like you. <laughs> I know. Uh, did you did you ever uh, talk to the guys at Farpoint Media? You remember those guys? Uh, Vaguely. It was uh, vaguely. vaguely. <laughs> I know it's vaguely. really going way back in time, but they did like what you did. They uh, I think they ended up on Lipson. Um, uh-huh. but they started, well, they started with, um, their own, I think just like you did. They, they were like, Oh my God, yeah. we can't, we can't afford to keep paying the bills. So, well, they, and actually, right. I started hand coding my own RSS feeds, um, oh my goodness. early on. Wow. And I mean, for most of my clients anyway, I had, you know, for my, my radio show, I had a custom, a custom website built. Uh, that that like uh, it was really school. easy for me. To, yeah, I mean, it was built to be a blog, is what it is. I didn't build it on WordPress, I mean, but it was custom built by a by a web development company out of the Ukraine. Oh wow! And okay. so so it was really easy for me to add that enclosure tag to the to the blog feed that I was already generating. So I had them add this enclosure tag, which made it possible for me to include it in iTunes. So so for me, it wasn't really a big thing at the time. Uh, I was already making my my radio show available as an MP3 download off my website. Right. I was already streaming it to to all sorts of platforms. I, I was on the XM Satellite Radio Network. I was on 15 radio stations around the country. Wow. So this whole podcasting piece was a very small piece, uh, but but people were increasingly downloading the episode. I mean, off of my website. So oh, okay. it, it was definitely definitely a trend line that was growing. And then, then I started making it available on these various other platforms that were starting to make audio files available for synchronization, you know, like Microsoft Sync and Go. And there was a couple others that I worked with too. One was called Serenade. 
back in the early days, most people wouldn't even uh, have any clue about these things. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't um, remember Saturday. Those were, I remember yeah. like Podbean, right? And then there was like a bunch of podcast directories too. I remember yeah. that, where you well, could share those were, your RSS I, feed. Yeah, like Odeo, which was the was the precursor company to Twitter. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Was wow. a podcast hosting platform. So the same guys, Ev Ev Williams, uh, was the guy guy behind uh, a site called Odeo. Um, this was back in the early days of the podcasting space. It was actually just prior to Apple launching in um, June of uh, 2005. Uh, Odeo came out and had like an online directory of all the podcasts that were right. that were out there, and then Ev decided that uh, you know since Apple jumped into it that there wasn't much of a market anymore for it because Apple kind of took he over. Didn't want to compete so, in that space, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and things were moving more towards kind of portable media devices at that time too. So I mean, I mean a lot of the consumption of the of that media was. Uh, online via streams and things like that back in those days. Mm. And so when Apple Apple came into it and the iPod got involved, people would download them and synchronize them and you know that whole portable media player thing was what really kind of started to take over. So I have sort of basically over. refocused yeah, yeah. the company. Yeah, exactly. I've kind of refocused the company and started pointing towards uh, building a, a a kind of like a short communication tool that turned out to be Twitter. So wow. uh, so there's a strong kind of connection between podcasting and Twitter, and I'm sure a lot of people oh, yeah. realize that. Yeah, well. you know, that, that I so, never really understood Twitter in the beginning, but I think the idea there was, in the beginning, it was like, we want a way for non-sort of tech-savvy people to be able to share via SMS texting, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the concept. Right. It was really short, short messaging right. but right. to have it be kind of a public thing as well public and and private right which is really interesting i mean they never really developed the the private messaging um, quite as much as i thought they were going to um oh right yeah right. but but as it turned out it turned out to be a pretty powerful platform and now we're seeing even even the president of the united states uh be a, be a heavy twitter <laughs> user yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not going to say anything I mean, about just, that. No, no. <laughs> Other no, than it's no. it's really amusing and sad at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, I'm sure Twitter is uh, absolutely thrilled, um, and 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 at the same time, maybe a little frightened too. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> I heard this whole thing on uh, uh, an NPR show. I think it was Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I occasionally, you know, pick up a, a five minutes here or there. And I guess uh, our president, like, sort of, like, had, like, nine minutes in between two tweets. And one was a really big cliffhanger. <laughs> and then the next one was about how, like... Uh, because uh, he was, like, setting up, like, the biggest change in, in my administration so far... Nine minutes go by. Everybody's thinking, "What are we gonna do? Attack North Korea?" And then, and then he comes back later, and he's like, yeah. uh, uh, "Wow, what was it? Oh, transsexual people can't serve in the military anymore." And there you go. Yeah, it was like, "Where the hell's that come from?" <laughs> yeah, as they say, that's your veer, isn't it? That's yes. a huge like, veer, right? Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yet we digress. <laughs> yes. But it's fun. So yeah. Okay. So Most let's definitely. let's talk about like the timeline right so when when podcasting sort of like started becoming like uh i don't know like when i hear about podcasting in the beginning i think about guys like adam curry right um mm -hmm. so where were you when podcasting actually became a named thing where you were you were basically doing internet radio right without calling it podcasting yeah, and I I was I actually jumped into it very very early. Um, I was probably one of the first I don't know hundred uh, podcasts that oh, actually really? started back in those days. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't the first one to to podcast, but I was the first radio show to okay, to get on to iTunes. become a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, so I was part of part of that, that launch group of shows that was in iTunes when iTunes launched. Um, so I, I was really early 
in supporting the medium because I was keeping up with Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, and I still know both those guys um, going 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 way back. So I was following what they were doing very 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 closely back then. Right, right, right. And, uh, and so I I kind of hung out with the same kind of tech nerds back in those days. Sure, sure. Um, that were kind of spinning around Dave Dave Weiner, and he's he's really the the brainchild that really made all this possible. So, so I, you know, Dave kind of gets forgotten about sometimes. Really? Um, but, but he's really the, the one that came up with this enclosure tag that was part of the RSS two spec that he, he fought and battled with the standards committee that was involved in the RSS two form formation, uh, period and got that added. And, you know, when, when Adam, or not Adam, but when Dave added that, he didn't necessarily have this vision of podcasting. He just had this vision of being able to embed some sort of a document or file into an RSS communications, right? So right. people could embed a Word document, they could embed a PDF, they could embed um, pictures, they could embed all sorts of stuff with the blog post. It wasn't designed to specifically be something that would be used for podcasting. Okay. So just, you know, it was, yeah. And people were using like these, uh, what do they call them? Like newsreaders a little bit more then? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And some of those, some of those newsreaders had the ability to play the, the media that was enclosed in those RSS feeds, oh, whether okay. it be pictures or PDFs and things like that. And if you look at the, the history of iTunes, iTunes actually, I believe it still supports the ability to view PDF files. Um, so you can still have that kind of <clears throat> legacy. So that legacy is still there, but more and more, you know, these podcast platforms are limiting it just to MP3 files or video files or that kind of stuff. Oh. So it has kind of focused down, but, but, but the intent of it was not and that, that that's where Adam Curry came in. Adam Curry, um, was a kind of a broadcast guy. Yeah. You know, he was on you know, the VJ for MTV for many years and right. was kind of a radio guy. And so he, he immediately thought of it as a, as a uh, visual and audio communication uh, methodology for syndication. Right. And that's why he built that software, you know, the, the lemon or the, the iPod or software, which was originally what was created um, by Adam and a couple of developers that he knew and they just came up with this rudimentary software that would um, capture that enclosure tag in the RSS feed and deliver it to his iPod. So, and they, even even back in those days, that software worked with Windows Media Player too. So, sure. so yeah, yeah, it was, it was always yeah. right from the beginning cross-platform, which I know yep. like made some people mad that the the word pod got in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right. the truth of the matter is most of the early podcasters hated the name. Um, I know, I know. Uh, yeah. I remember. And, <laughs> yeah, like, they, why they is this uh, saying like pod? <laughs> because everybody associates pod with, uh, obviously, Apple. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were, were concerned, rightfully so, that that name would be associated with a specific platform. And that's not what they were they were hoping for. Um, I think what they were hoping for was more of a generic name that would be applicable to any platform and right. not have a strong association with any one platform. And I think that was a lot of the the reason or a lot of the objection to that name. Um, but when Apple seized the opportunity, um, that kind of solidified that that name. And and thus, you know, if you think about it. There's a lot of people that have talked about um, changing the name, and it just it has never gotten any traction because it's a too late. If, <laughs> it, it is definitely too late, and yeah. this topic has been around for a very long time uh, of of changing the name. And if you really think about it, you know all the major technology platforms have already supported it. Um, I mean, Apple obviously. Uh, even even Microsoft. I mean, I ran the Zune podcasting platform for Microsoft for six years, and they used the term podcast back in uh, 2007 when we launched the podcast area. Yeah. Um, and and Google supports it now, and yeah. And I mean, you just go through the list of the major media or the major technology companies, and everybody's supporting that name. And it's just uh, it's, sometimes it's, the power of the herd gets just too much momentum. 
you know. Yeah, and it's and really <laughs> it's a fun word. It's actually a fun word. I mean, this is yeah. the this is this is the opinion that I've had about it is that nobody's been able to come up with a better name. Um, I think the only other name that was bounced around was one that was bounced around by Leo Laporte uh, called Netcast. And he, he still uses that today. If you go watch one of the Twits videos or audio programs or, or listen to any of them, he still uses the term Netcast at the beginning of every episode, even today. Why not? Uh, <laughs> right. He doesn't like the term podcast and sure. he, he wanted a term that was more applicable to his methodology, which is more audio video. Mm. Uh, so, so in, in video is a whole nother conversation that we could have about podcasting too, but, yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely, um, was, it's in decline because of YouTube obviously, but, um, it used to be a big area, probably 30% of the podcast plat- were video um, podcasts, podcasting right. was video. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I, I've noticed something too. Now, um, I've played around with video, but I've chosen audio only just because it, for me, it's a lot less work. <laughs> and when I say work, you know what I mean, but I'll, 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 I'll say it anyway. Um, just the, the CPU sort of like on your computer right is working really hard <laughs> when you're having to you know do the you know the production of a even a short video you know when you yeah. when you recorded in h well you know <laughs> but that's what turned me off a video yeah. you know it's just you have to buy a new computer <laughs> yeah you do almost in order to right. to to yeah. encode it and crunch it down. But the big, exactly. big reason that video um, didn't really take off in the podcasting space and stay uh, up there in popularity is because of the bandwidth costs. Right. Um, okay. Most of the con, most of the content providers got out of it um, doing video podcasts for for the cost of the bandwidth to deliver the content. Um, right. Especially when when YouTube's out there offering free bandwidth to everybody. So right, right. Um, right. It's kind of hard to compete with free, so <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Google. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> yeah, and anyway, we could that that has a, a rabbit hole that I don't want to get into. But before we get into yeah. like what's going on now and get some some of your thoughts on like uh, the now the present version of podcasting and uh, and where it's going in the future, I want to go back because you said something um, where you were getting like a quarter. A twenty-five cents per download, and making a, oh, yeah. a, a killing uh, way back in the early days. So, talk a little bit about that because that's insane. <laughs> and wouldn't it be yeah, cool I if you actually, could do that uh, now, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd actually mentioned a little bit about this uh, just a couple minutes ago yeah. about the the Microsoft platform called Sync and Go, and that platform basically was almost identical to what what wound up happening between um, iTunes and the iPod. Um, well, Microsoft created, and this was back in 2003 to 2005, so this platform existed for about two years. Uh, it was part of a what was called a plus media pack that, that you could buy for like 25 bucks or something like that from Microsoft to add on, on to your Windows XP machine. Okay. So it had all of these kind of these uh, specialized um, applications that you could install on your computer to to enhance it. it had like a video editor and a and a uh, audio recording software and it had what, what was called a sync and go product that um, that basically you installed on Windows XP. It had like a little client software that had uh, content in it. So it had like little icons um, that have lists of episodes. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah. I um, and, <laughs> and then very much like a podcast player. Yeah, exactly. And then they had a uh, client application that you would download uh, and install into your pocket PC device. So you would dock the pocket PC device, which was very popular. Dell was making them. HP was making them back in those days. Uh, Mm -hmm. You could get Wi-Fi with these things if you added a little card that you slid into the top of the device. Oh, wow. And they had large large screens. But when you docked it in a dock – um, it, it would make an internet connection, so you could browse the internet. You could transfer files back and forth between your your, your Windows XP and your 
IoT device. It would synchronize calendars. It would do all that stuff. And the Syncing Go software, you could go into the your Windows XP, launch the client software, select a content provider, whether it be video or audio. And I happen to be one of the audio selections in there. There was only 13 content providers in the platform. Wow. Um, more video providers and from those like are big uh, brand type people. Yeah, exactly. They were like from uh, Forbes magazine. They were creating kind of video segments that were available on there, you know, around business news. And then the MSNBC or the NBC folks were doing the nightly news with uh, Brian Williams uh, segments in there, too. So you could download like four segments of the evening news. You could get that synchronized with your pocket PC. And then there was a selection of audio programs in my my show was one of like maybe three or four audio programs that were in the, the platform. Wow. And, and I got paid 25 cents per download. So each time that audio file, that MP3 file that I uploaded to their platform, so it wasn't done through RSS or anything like that, right. um, would be transferred to a pocket, pocket PC device. Uh, I got paid 25 cents. That's a pretty good deal. I know. And I was making probably of, uh, around five, five grand a month. <laughs> yeah. Just from five that. A month. That's just pretty... just from that platform. Yeah. Wow. That's so, it's good so to be it first sometimes, your... right? Well, yeah. And <laughs> I back in those days, I was encouraging my Microsoft because I I knew everybody there because the, obviously they, they added me to their platform, and was encouraging them because uh, I could see podcasting happening. I'm like, guys, you know, and they were about to launch um, the, their new um, kind of kind of Windows. Um, I think it was Windows Phone back then. It wasn't called Windows Phone back then, I don't believe. I'm trying to remember. But but anyway, they were about to launch their phone device. Uh, and I was like saying, you know, why don't you guys add this capability to the mobile phone, you know? Yeah, and that would have been a good idea. They, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't uh, They didn't wind up doing it um, until many, many years later when I went to work for them to actually manage the Zoom catalog and the Zoom podcasting platform. Mm. Uh, it's kind of ironic, you know, that I went through that with them and then wound up working for them and managing that platform. Um, wow. So it, it was one of those things that they, they killed the product in 2005. So, yeah. um, but, you know. Such as things, how they go, and one of the reasons that they killed is that they they didn't want to work with uh, smaller content providers at that time. They only wanted to work with the big guys. I kept encouraging them to expand the catalog yeah. and to get more content in there, and then add it to the mobile mobile platform that they were building. Wow! And um, they they didn't wind up doing it until years later. Um, when the Zoom was created, so okay. and uh, that's got its own story behind it. But <laughs> so, what was it like working at Microsoft? Was that pretty? Was it pretty crazy? It was actually a great experience. I I was brought in specifically to work on the the Zoom product. The the Zoom had launched the music service. Yeah, and uh, and it wasn't podcasting. a device yet. It was just a service. No, it actually. It launched with a device as well as software. So oh, okay. it very similar to Sync and Go. It was um, client software that had content in it. And then an and it would make player, it connect. basically, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. So we came up with an MP3 player. That uh, first Zune launched before I actually joined the company. So it was, I, I joined just prior to the launch of the Zune 2. Okay. And, and the Zoom 2 was when they were going to add podcast support. So it was the second content area that they were going to add to the platform. And then after they launched podcast, then they, they, they had me help them launch the TV store in the platform. So oh. offering TV programs. You know, so I, I work with ABC, NBC, um, all those major, you know, the, the Viacom channels and things like that, uh, to get video content, TV shows, and things like that into the platform. So I was doing both podcasting and the video store to launch the the Zoom platform uh, back in those days. So I was there from about 2007 to about 2014. So I was wow. in that, you know, wow. mid-thousands. Yeah. Uh, so in podcasting out to Windows Media Center, I uh, had video podcasts in Windows Media Center, so I, I managed all that. And then I also 
had the podcasts actually evolve and move over to Windows Phone before I left. Right. Um, you know, the current, the more current uh, version of Windows Phone. So, actually, the um, the current version of of Windows Phone has a has a built-in podcast app that's built into the pl- platform, and that that was designed just prior to me leaving mm. uh, the company. And because the Zoom got absorbed by Xbox, and so the the Zoom kind of back end uh, catalog and stuff, eventually Xbox shut it down. Oh, and really? that's okay. That's that became their own thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and and so the app that currently exists on Windows Phone today doesn't have a catalog behind it. It it does a, a search query on Bing to mm. find podcasts. Oh wow! Um, so, so and I I left after that to go to work for Podcast One down in Los Angeles. Uh, so I did that for for a year. I'm back and forth to Los Angeles to to work with Podcast One. Mm. Uh, and in, and that was in 2014, which was basically the Renaissance. Right. <laughs> yes. Of yes. podcasting, the, uh, right? The fourth fourth renaissance of podcasting. The fourth renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was wasn't that the year that the serial went crazy? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Right. And it's it's that basically was a good good. That was actually a really good good year for podcasting. No, it was huge. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of attention was starting to really come come into that space. Uh, well, there been people a, a actually making money, sp- you know, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was working on, you know, like the Adam Carolla show and, right. and the, right, those right. stuff as part of that network, you know, working with Larry King, mm. um, Snooki, <laughs> all those, <laughs> all those type of podcasters. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the Rich Eisen show. It's yet um, another, it's an, Dan- yet another re- revenue stream for anyone who has any sort of following. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's if not, and it's not that it doesn't cost that much money, and it really once you set up your studio, it's pretty easy, especially if you're yeah. paying people to do all the work. <laughs> all you have to do is show That's, up and have fun for an hour or so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you have a big show, you can you, you can, can make, make some big money. dollars. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I actually um, have you ever listened to the oh no I'm gonna forget oh James Altucher show it's it's like a more of a business podcast. Yeah, I've heard of it okay. before. I I don't think I've listened to it though. It's it's a pretty good show. I mean, just because he's super quirky and nerdy, <laughs> he's hilarious. Just being him. Well, that always helps. Yeah, that always helps. Yeah, um, but he had a guest on, and this this guest um, had sort of like done a business analysis of podcasting, and said, "Yeah, okay, if you take an Adam Carolla, that 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 platform can make Adam Carolla or whoever right insert celebrity name here about a million dollars a year. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, no, because it doesn't scale beyond that. It's this like money for a celebrity, yeah. right? Yeah, but I'm sure. Yeah, there's, exactly. It's like it's just right. not enough, actually. Right, right. It's not enough for um, like super big business, I guess. Is they they yeah. want more yeah. money than that. <laughs> they would chump need change. like uh, yeah, if it's exactly. Change, if, if they could get a, a, a thousand of those people under one brand, they might think about it, right? Yeah, that's a well. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> that would be a lot of money. <laughs> that's like a billion dollars. That would right? be a billion dollars. Do, do my mouth. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I was going for something easy. <laughs> so B. Let, B. Yeah. Yes. yes. One B is a lot. That would that would interest people that are uh, you know interested in Bs and Ts. Uh, so let's talk about uh, where you think or the state of podcasting now because we're you know three years almost four years away from 2014 where it sort yeah. of had a resurgence. So what are you seeing now? Well, what's happening right now? I think we're in a content expansion right now, um, and and a monetization expansion as well. I, sure. I think we're in that phase phase where we've kind of made it through the the barrier of of you know getting people getting access to the content and the content quality. I think we're we're kind of through those hurdles. Okay. Um, and Most I think people we're, know where to go to get it, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, a, a lot of people will tell you that we've got a podcast discovery problem but the truth of the matter is is that the people that are saying that are the ones that are not being discovered 
Um, <laughs> the shows that aren't building their audiences as fast as they would like to, that's their convenient excuse for why, why, why there's a problem. There's a discovery problem because mm. they haven't that particular it podcast. It could be that their show's not uh, that good, but they don't want to think that, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> Uh, you know, deflect could, that. Yeah, to right. say it's the it's the platform problem. Sure. Um, but 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 there is, I mean, there is some inherent limitations to discovery. I I would say that that's certainly true. I was, you know, by by working on the Zoom platform and subsequently now working on the Spreaker platform, um, there are some inherent limitations. Um, I would, you know, for six years I managed the editorial for for the zoom platform so the shows that i would feature every week so i I would have to come up with featured lists and and um, uh, promoted shows and things like that um so there's usually only so much uh, real estate that is available to promote a particular podcast to an audience right 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 so so most podcasters have to do it the old-fashioned way that they have to build word of mouth and that's that's that is a challenge. I would say, you know, to some degree, there is some credence to the thought that there is a discovery problem in podcasting. But one of my worries is, is that there's so much new content coming into the space right now. And this is, you know, going back to what your question was, um, we're in this content expansion right now. The right. the issue okay. and concern that I have right now with the space is that. I'm not sure that the audience is expanding at the same rate that we're adding new content. I'd agree with so, you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that that's where the industry put its energy right now, and I, and I think a lot of the the leaders in the space are really waking up to this fact and and thinking about well, where would our next big hit be? I mean, where can we get a two x increase in um, in audience for podcasts? Now, granted, that that presents other problems too. Um, if you double the amount of audience in podcasting, like within a short period of time, you could cause uh, an imbalance in the economics of podcasting too. So, the the costs of distributing this content will double. Right? Oh, wow. um, is the monetization tools capable of supporting that doubling of cost? And and I think that's that is a a valid concern if you look at kind of the macro view of podcasting right now we're kind of in this e- equilibrium of balance between audience growth and new content to some degree right and that that some shows are able to monetize successfully but a lot of shows are just being done as a hobby right, right. so there's not a strong expectation of revenue coming in from a podcast but as we move into this more professionalized right. era of podcasting, there's going to be higher expectations. And as we grow audience, the monetization tools need to be good enough to help smaller shows be able to generate revenue to pay for the bandwidth that's going to be needed to deliver the content. Yeah, so, you're right. Because it's yeah. like part of, because uh, I look at my show more as a hobby. You know, if I make money someday, that'd be great, but I'm not now. And I'm okay with it because A, it's cheap enough for me to do it and you know it doesn't really break the bank um and b is it's really fun so you know it's just scratching a creative itch now if it were to get more expensive than to produce i.e you know my hosting fees go up or you know whatever um then i would have to rethink that so i get it that makes sense yeah yeah (laughs) so let's you know that's that's the balance that's there and i think most of the industries focus now on well, where's where's going to be the biggest hit in audience growth? Uh, looking out a couple of years or whatever, where are we going to see the big expansion um, that's potential out there? And I think that most most of the people in the industry are in consensus here that the way that's going to happen is by getting Google involved. Right. Um, right. Right. And, right. Oh, okay. and if, interesting. If you think about Android, if you think about Android, Android is. Uh, is very it's huge, low, right? It's it it's very low in its podcast consumption per capita, right? Based right. on its Based the number its of devices. Android devices, 
in the market, right? How many people are using Android devices today? It has an index of almost like five, six to one ratio between iOS and Android as far as podcast consumption. So for every six podcasts that are consumed on an iOS device, there's only one consumed on an Android device. Right. So so that just gives you what the opportunity is for Google, but also the opportunity for the podcasting space to grow. I mean, I mean, even if Google got to 50% market share in this, that would be like a 3x increase in audience. So, mm-hmm. so it'd be, uh, that's where the growth is going to be. And fortunately, we're seeing interest from Google right now. Uh, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know anything about the specifics. Never know yeah, because we all, we all got excited, right? When, I don't know, it was been, it's been a while now that I well, put they, my feed on Google Play. And yeah, they nobody uses they put it. <laughs> Google Play, and and there is general consensus, even at Google, that uh, Google Play is uh, with podcasting has failed. So, right. Right. Um, well, I what, don't know what they're thinking about now is, well, what can they do to make a success? Right. Right. So, okay. and I think that the general consensus is is that Google needs to come out with a first party podcasting app, like iOS did. Right. Uh, or Apple did so, and, and I think they're they are seriously considering that right now. Okay. Um, so, so it would be. I think as you okay, look to the instead future, of like having iTunes contain podcasts, you have a separate podcast app uh, in the Google Play Store. Little, you call it something else, yeah. like or, Google Podcasts or, or something, <laughs> or it's installed in every version of Android that's that's put onto oh, a device. Right. right. Yeah, and Apple did uh, if you the same look, thing, right? I get it. And well, and so did so did we at uh, Microsoft. I mean, okay. even on the Windows Phone today, the podcast app uh, is pre-installed with the operating system. Right. Um, it's on every phone that's sold, and I think that's what Google uh, would need to do. Now, Google is a much more fragmented operating system platform. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of devices out there that don't get updates. Um, so, you know, when Google comes out with a new, you know, up, update to Android, they don't necessarily update all the phones that have ever been sold. Um, to some degree, that's the case e- even with iOS, but I, I think it's fewer phones because most people on iOS upgrade their phones r- fairly regularly. Right. Um, right. and then they, they get the latest update. Uh, it's pushed to them. Now, granted, Android has all these capabilities too, but then you have all these different levels of capacity and capabilities that Android devices yeah, and have the limit. Yeah, you the, uh, the, the, the Samsungs and the uh, LGs and all these other people that are putting apps on those Android phones too. Yeah. So, so. I think that that's the opportunity that's, that's out there, and, and the industry is moving very quickly towards uh, improving the monetization tools. And Spreaker is one of those companies. We just merged with uh, Blog Talk Radio. Right. And that's pretty we're, exciting. <laughs> it's got to be we're crazy. We're actively um, trying to merge the, their monetization engine that they've built because Spreaker doesn't really have a strong monetization engine behind it, you know, dynamic ad insertion, all those kind of capabilities. Uh, um, and then Block Talk Radio didn't have the mobile side, so it's it's like a perfect marriage to for producing content and then monetizing that content. For sure. So, so you know that's just an example, and I think there's other platforms out there too that are really putting a lot of energy and focus on uh, building easier to use monetization tools and using technologies like dynamic ad insertion to bring monetization to larger numbers of shows. So, and, you know, I, I was going to talk about one more thing before we wrap, um, because it's Spreaker is going to add in this sort of like live kind of component to yeah. the podcast platform, which is kind of exciting because I'm, yeah. I'm with SoundCloud and there's rumors floating around about SoundCloud, cha- you know, disappearing. And, uh, and that makes me sad because, you know, I don't love them, but I'd have to move my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of people did did move their stuff here I know. recently. I, I mean, know. SoundCloud did did get a new new investment um, in in the company, but right it depends it's, on how long that's going to last. You don't know, too. right? You don't know. So anyway, yeah. that means that I'm kind of like I have my eye on a new 
host plan. So, and then the other thing is, uh, I've, I've recently just like, uh, joined up with some of those live YouTube, like call in shows where it's like you live stream, a uh, a Skype chat. Right. So Mm -hmm. people are doing these things (laughs) and yeah. yeah, And I showed up, um, and, and, got on the Skype call. And then as soon as that happened, it's like, Hey, who's that dude? I love that guy's laugh. Right. And immediately I was like, wow, geez, I wonder if I should be on more live shows, (laughs) just show up, hang out, laugh, be an idiot. Like I usually do on my podcast to grow my audience. Right. So then, you know, on by the third show, they're like, what do you have a podcast or a YouTube channel? I'm like, I have a podcast (laughs) and it's mostly for people to listen to me laugh. But it, it got me thinking when I saw the speaker thing. I was like, oh, wow, someday it would be really fun to have like something like what you had back in the day with your um, yeah. your morning show. It was kind of like Howard Stern for nerds. I'd love to do that. <laughs> that would be a blast. <laughs> Even if I didn't yeah, make yeah. any money, you know, I, I wouldn't care. Uh, you know, hanging out with nerds and doing a, a three-hour show, that would be like I, I wouldn't need to have beer. You know, that would be fun enough for one day. Well, I mean, and Spreaker has a plan that that gives you the opportunity to do a three-hour live show. Um, wow! You know, it's yeah. You know, it's part part of that, and then that three-hour would just drop into your podcast feed, yeah, um, automatically. Right. So, so then so you it has I would have to record like some sort of like ad spots that would get dropped in dynamically. Is that that sounds uh, exciting? Yeah. 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 That, wow. That's the goal, anyway. We're yeah. still building all that stuff, but yeah. Spreaker, Spreaker is trying to like create like n- nerd Howard Stearns one at a time. I love it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Bring on Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that's been bashing podcasting for the last five years. I oh, it's know. never gonna happen. It's never gonna it. go anywhere. I yeah. hate podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm he's still, already in everybody's still car. waiting. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I get it because you know. He doesn't need it, but wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> that might be the next be evolution the of, of podcasting if Howard Stern decides to podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> that will be a, a big inflection point, won't it? It'll be like, oh, now podcasting is real because Howard doing Howard Stern is doing it. That, that would be the yeah. veer of podcasting, the biggest veer. Yeah. Yeah. That's- all right, Rob, this has been a blast. We've already talked longer than an hour, so uh, I apologize for wasting a little bit of your time there. Um, but uh, tell uh, tell people where they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out and connect to Rob Greenlee. Yeah, the best way is just send me an email, uh, rob at spreaker.com, and that's with an R, spreaker.com, and, or or you can send uh, me an email um, to rob com. It's just kind of up to you. Okay. And I'm a, I, I also have a Twitter account um, at Rob Greenlee. And I do a live show on Spreaker called the Spreaker Live Show. It's just at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And we just talk about podcasting. That's that's the whole purpose of the show. So is that kind of like the, the Howard Stern for nerds type of show? <laughs> no, it's actually just... Okay. Me and one other guy t- talking talking about how to o- optimize your podcast and how to use the Spreaker platform to, to actually do it. Oh, that sounds like fun, though. I should be listening yep. to that show. <laughs> be great to have you as a listener. Yeah, Jeff. well, there you go. Well, thanks, Rob. This has been a blast. All right. Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.